This is Pat Sensick on Southwood Hospital's monthly podcast. Here with me today is George Brackman. Uh, George, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I have worked here at uh, Southwood as, uh, for about 13 years. Started out as clinical director, helping develop the program. It's been a great uh, 13 years. I enjoy working here. And I think one of the things that we've focused on uh, in training, learning, and helping parents and therapists and everyone is using CBT so that it becomes a very practical, easy way to use that and, and also easy for kids to understand. So CBT, that's cognitive behavioral therapy. Is that a real common therapy modality? Yeah, that's a, a really common a modality. It's one that uh, developed in the 60s by Aaron T. Beck. In fact, uh, he has the Beck Institute of Cognitive um, Behavior uh, Therapy in Philadelphia. Okay. And uh, from that, uh, there are a lot of different kinds of uh, ways to use CBT. That's where a lot of it began with, with Beck. So uh, what sort of psychiatric or what sort of mental illness is, it can be treated with CBT? Well, he originally started uh, with, a, with a de- people who were depressed, okay. but it's really spread out to all kinds of mental disorders uh, uh, from um, uh, ADHD to uh, maybe bipolar, people with depression, people with uh, different kinds of maybe addictions and problems. So it's a wide, wide range of use of CBT. Wow. So everything from depression to anger management to ADHD to, to sexual problems, right? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So uh, just for someone who may not know what CBT is, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, can you give us just a quick rundown of uh, kind of, you know, how it's used and how, it, how it's applied to certain behaviors? Yeah, when, when you look and study Beck's research, he found that when he was talking to uh, patients who were depressed, that one of the things they noticed, they would have these, these thoughts that would come that would be negative thoughts, they were, and they were spontaneous. So that when there was an incident brought up or something they thought about, uh, immediately there would be a negative thought and he called these um, uh, you know automatic thoughts and okay. that's what we use today that when you are triggered by something there's some automatic thoughts that just come all of a sudden they're just right there and CBT kind of teaches you how to deal with those thoughts or is it an awareness of those thoughts or kind of how, how does CBT how is it utilized to kind of work with those automatic thoughts what what you do as a, as a therapist or even as a parent, somebody you you want the person who's who's having a difficult situation to first stop and think, uh, and what what's going on in their their thought processes. In fact, we use the uh, acronym SOTA: Stop, Option, Decide, Act. So where you stop, and you think about what's going on in your mind. Uh, so for example, if a person is walking up the stairs and somebody bumps against them, their first immediate thought may be, Why are they trying to make me fall? But then they see the person's apologetic, and then the thought changes to, I didn't mean to, it was an accident. So through negative thoughts, positive thoughts, that influences our behaviors and also our attitudes. Okay. Um, so just to touch on the, the awareness piece of how big, you because know, these are such automatic thoughts. How do you get the, the client or the resident to to start to develop that awareness of having that they're even having these thoughts, right? Because that, that sounds like really the first step. Yeah, and what we show is the triangle, uh, you know, that Beck developed. We see this everywhere where you, it's a triangle of uh, you have thoughts, uh, then you have emotions and behaviors, and so they're all connected. And so when the people see that they're they're all connected, then you can break it down and say, okay, what do you, in a certain situation, what were you thinking? 
what were your emotions, what your behaviors, and you write down those and divide those up. And that really helps people do an analysis of, of what's going on in, during that time they're triggered. Okay. So I heard you mention uh, soda. Uh, can you go over just a little bit? Of how, like how, how would a parent or a guardian use soda with a kid? Right, and this is the one we teach we teach parents to, to use. In fact, I've had parents say they that already had learned soda in therapy they had or in other te- other techniques. And what you're talking about is, is, first of all, when you're feeling some strong emotions, then stop. Just stop what you're doing. Just pause everything right then. Pause everything, right, just stop. And then what you want to do is kind of look at your thoughts and your options because you can say, well, I can run away, I can hide, or I can hit somebody, or I can calm down. Uh, what are all the things that you can do? And so you, you can give your your kid, child that you're working with, your adult, write down all your options, and then, then look at that. Let's make a good decision here. So what it does, it slows the process down so a person can make a better decision. I think that's really important. It's just like... you. You know, just realizing that there's more than one way to, you know, react to yeah. a situation and, you know, kind of a, just taking that that second or two, because this isn't, you know, I'm assuming this isn't a 10 minute process. This is just a, in the moment, take that extra few seconds, you know, and kind of evaluating your options. Well, and that's where we have kids. We tell them, look at your coping skills. Uh, so, you know, count to 10, relax breathing that you mentioned mm-hmm. a while ago. Think, well, as you're stopping there, what can you do to stop yourself? You know, think about something else, go do an activity, any way you can get yourself stopped long enough to think about it. So it sounds like a, like psych ed and, and education and teaching is a big part of CBT. Yeah, it's a, it's a big part. And it's uh, the simplicity of it with the triangle that any kids of any age, you know, adults or parents and uh, of intellectual disabilities or people with high IQs, it's a, it's a very simple process okay. to learn. And so you, you mentioned the triangle. What what are the points on the triangle? Uh, the, and sometimes I'll see this triangle in different ways, but usually at the top it's like thoughts, your thoughts, and then you'll have a, one point will be behaviors, and the other is emotions. And when you're working with someone, sometimes the emotions come so fast, and the behaviors and then the, the thoughts, there's, right. they get kind of all mixed up because it can happen so fast. But And the part of the training is how to separate each one of those. So... So if you if you were working with a family and a family is struggling with the kid who's uh, maybe has anger issues, right? Um, so outside of using soda, is there some other techniques or, or ideas you can give to maybe help the family um, kind of get their kid to start having that awareness that you know there are other options and, and things like that? That's where we use the, the we have the acronym Taylor. It's like trigger, automatic thought, emotion, response. And okay. again, we we have the parent would say, what are, what's triggering you? And sometimes I will talk to the parent. I say, well, let's see how you can use that before you work it on, use it on your kid. Where when your kid is doing something and they, you're, they're triggering the parent. Yeah. So that you can use that to stop and, and look at the trigger. And what's your automatic thought? You know, is I got to go with this again. It's causing. I gotta, I'm going to be late for work. You know, what's your automatic thought? <laughs> exactly. So, so CBT cognitive behavioral therapy really is for for everyone. It's just it's yeah, just kind of yeah. a really helpful. Um, it's helpful in any personal growth situation, right? Yeah, um, there's a lot of ways it can be used. It's, 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 it, there are other techniques that people use for other situations, but it really can help a lot of them, even kids with autism. It helps them to stop and think about things. Okay. Uh, so is CBT often used with uh, other types of therapy? Because what I get from that is there's like motivational interviewing, right, mm-hmm. which is kind of, you know, helping someone 
you know, figure out what the problem is and, and find that motivation to do it. Because oftentimes working with the kids we work with, they don't understand why they even want to change, right? Like, yeah. why is my anger even an issue? Yeah. Um, yeah. So can you t- talk a little bit about that? How, how you get them to that point where they start realizing, okay, this is a change I actually need to make. Because, um, you know, a kid 12, 13, 14, 15 years old doesn't understand why their anger is a problem. You know? So, so how, do I, how do we get them to that point where they, they're ready to start making some changes? Well, one of the things we do here is we have the kids look at the old me and the new me. Okay. And you look at the options. What happened when you decided on the options that brought you to be the old me and the problems that you have? And then look at what if you change these things, you think about them, change your behaviors, change your attitude, what's going to be the new you, the new me? And a lot of times that motivates kids because they want the rewards of the new me. They want their family to be okay with them. They want to learn what to do so they don't get in trouble in school or trouble with other kids. And so they want to become the new me. And that helps motivate them. Hmm. So as far as... uh what all CBT encompasses? Because there's like a CBT umbrella, right? Where it's a, there's a whole, there's the the underlying thoughts or the automatic thoughts that we go with, but there's also like a, a social skills part of it. There's a, um, like the psych ed part we talked about, the re- relaxation and awareness of what your coping skills actually are. Um, how, do, how does that all tie together? Well, I think it depends on which uh, person you're working with, the client or the patients or the kid you're working with. But one of the things that goes well, too, with it is the mindfulness, the focus on mindfulness. And that mindfulness is of the skills that go with that is, again, helping helping the person to slow down, to stay focused. And there are a lot of mindfulness activities that you can use that helps them to, to practice uh, looking at something, thinking about something, mindfulness activities. The parents use, there are a lot of books for parents out there to use, then it, it helps, helps, the, helps the person, the kid or the adult to kind of think about things and look at options because you're slowing slowing everything down i like that you mentioned mindfulness we're actually going to be doing a future podcast on mindfulness but uh that's kind of a good overview and and like you said it's really for everyone right it's it's something everyone can use uh you know on even a daily basis right to just kind of kind of just take a look within yourself and, and kind of slow the world down around you right and that's where we see a lot of people focus on yoga or religion all religions have a meditation, prayer, uh, getting aside, you know, whether you're Buddhist or Christian or Quran. Uh, there are all, t- all kinds of things that people do in religions to kind of focus and think and meditate. And there's all kinds of benefits from, you know, there's been a lot of research on all those kind of meditation techniques and yoga experiences that help a person to slow things down and think, rethink things. Absolutely. Um. So, so what else would a would a would a parent or a family do you think it would be important for them to know? Um, you know, if, if you if you tell a family on the phone, you say, "Hey, we're using CBT in session," um, and they're like, and they ask the question, "Well, what does that look like on a daily basis?" Is that so? Is it breaking down each specific situation, or is it kind of breaking down in in applying them to bigger concepts? Well, I think what a parent can do, and this is what I like about CBT. Uh, they can just write out a little form, and I've done this many times when, when in private practice with patients and parents, and you just have three columns, thought, uh, emotion, behavior, and you, the kid, you say, what's the situation? And he says, well, I got, I got an argument with my sister, and I got mad, and I tore up her, tore up her diary. Hmm. 
Well, do you look at that situation? Well, well, let's, what were you thinking? And why did you tear up? Or die? What were your thoughts, your emotion? And just break it down and help them to look at it. Uh, and and, and pair, any, you can do that at any time with any kind of situation. And sometimes just doing that takes the heat out of it. Right. It, it takes the anger out of it. So, uh, so if you're able to identify what the automatic thought is, the, the thought influences the behavior, yeah. right? And then the behavior, the thought influences the emotion, and then the emotion then influences the behavior. Yeah. So yeah. it's just about kind of intervening early on in that process before you know the thought becomes the emotion. The, that emotion may be anger, and then the behavior is punching someone or yeah. breaking something or yelling, screaming. So yeah, I think that's a it's kind of an interesting way to way to look at things if you you know because usually we think well he made me mad so I punched him. But there's really there's so much more in that yeah, in that small yeah, that small yeah. scenario. If you really break it down and put some time into it, you can kind of really um, you can get so much more out of it and kind of figure out where this is coming from. Um, so I'm assuming uh, a lot of times with automatic thoughts, this is something that's that's kind of ingrained over a long period of time. Is that it is can that be? And, and let's take the situation of the little of the boy tearing up your sister's diary. Okay. Uh, she does something, and the thought is, you know, she does this every day to me. She sticks her tongue out at me on the way to school. Uh, she, she goes by and kicks my door on the way down the hallway. And so those are automatic thoughts. And so so because she's doing this to me, I'm going to tear up her diary. So I mean, And that helps the parent to kind of look back at the, the, the history of what's going on, yeah. too. That it's not just the kid is reta- it's the retaliation for a bunch of other things. So it's not just that one incident. It may be history that goes with it. Uh, that's, that's a really good point. Um so as far as cognitive behavioral therapy goes, am I right in saying it's one of the most evidence-based practices out there? Yeah, it is, is one of the most evidence because you can you can see behaviors and thoughts and see see what the outcomes are. You know, we see it here in our programs here. Kids start in, they learn it, they control their anger, they control uh, their different kinds of urges and emotions, they get control of things. Um, so can CBT help with increasing self-esteem? And, and kind of what I mean by that is that uh, a lot of the kids that we come here have low self-esteem. And, and part of that's based on maybe trauma that they experienced early on. Part of it could be based on, you know, the fact that they feel like they never make the right decision. So, so as they start to use CBT and start making the right decisions and start, you know, reaping the rewards of safe behavior, uh, can that naturally kind of lead to a, a positive increase in self-esteem? Yeah, yeah, Pat, that's a really good point because you want kids as they get more confidence in controlling things, their anger and doing, knowing that uh, that they can control their their thoughts. For sometimes kids think I can't control what's going in my mind. You know, you can. You can have yeah. a good bit of control over it. And when they get control over their thoughts and control over the emotions, yes, definitely that adds to self-esteem. And I think the the control point you touched on is a really phenomenal point too because. Um, with so many of these kids, and especially kids who have experienced trauma, they're they're looking for control yeah. over things, yeah. right? In in their environment, and if we kind of can can get it into their heads that they can control their thought process, yeah. that's yeah. huge, right? Yeah, that's that's big. That's yeah. really big. As far as impulse control goes, can uh, kids who struggle with impulse control control things? Because a lot of the a lot of the sexual sexual problems we see here at Choices specifically. Related to impulse control, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, impulsivity, definitely. Yeah. So can can uh, can CBT be used to help with impulse control things? And, and you know, we have a lot of kids maybe combined with some comorbid disorders like you know ADHD and yeah. uh, conduct disorder or something along those lines, and they really struggle with impulse control. How can uh, 
How can CBT be effective with, with, with kids who struggle with that? I think with those kids, a lot of times you can go to the triangle and look at the feelings. Okay. Because sometimes the feelings overpower the thoughts, and, and they don't even realize the thoughts there. So I think giving them an idea that they can also control, you focus on that aspect, the feelings as, aspect. Okay. And the feelings and urges and those, those things, emotions like that, that really come strong in, in, in sexual areas. That, yeah, hey, this, you're having this, and then you're thinking this, and you're, you're acting like this. So let's talk about your feeling. Let's work on that area. See, so you can really kind of tailor CBT to, to the individual you're working with? Yeah, you, you can, depending on what, what problem they're dealing with. Uh, like if it's just behaviors, you can focus on that, and then you backtrack to the other parts of the triangle. But you can start you can start anywhere on the triangle working with the individual. Oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of like a fluid channel. You don't have to start the thoughts, right? No, you don't. You have always to. want to get to it at some point, but you can start with the emotion or the behavior. Yeah, kind of work your way back. Yeah, you can just make a list of their behaviors. Uh, I looked at my sister. I saw her diary. She did. You know, I grabbed it. Uh, and before that, I kicked her door too. You know, you just go out. What are your behaviors and all this? And let's then let's see what they are. Then we'll go to the feelings and the thoughts. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, so we touched on all all the behaviors uh, can be used to treat with CBT and and and, and how evidence based it is and kind of the way we use it. Um, and a lot of what we do here is combine CBT and different parts of treatment with with sort of a medication regimen. Is that an can that be play an important role in kind of treating a behavior along with CBT? Yeah, I think the research has shown for many, many years. I mean that you need you need talk therapy and you need medication therapy, and I think that's what our doctors do a really great job here. Because I sit in all these treatment teams, you do too, and we, we see our doctors that they don't want to over medicate kids, right. but they do want to along with our talk therapy. They want the right kind of medication. And you need that combination. Like I said, even when I'm in private practice, I always encourage talk therapy and get it on if you need medication, get on it. You don't have to stay on it for the rest of your life probably, but it's a good combination when, when like we have good doctors here, we have good therapists here that do that. And, and that's a very powerful way to, uh, to work on a lot of difficult situations. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, uh, thank you for all that information, George. Um, do you have any uh, any advice for the, for for families that might be listening? Yeah, there are so many websites out there. If you just type in and Google CBT uh, for parents, how parents can help their children, CBT for worksheets. There, there. I've done this so many times. There are tons and tons of little booklets and fun things that parents can use with the kids. Just type in CBT for children. CBT you just call for therapy fun. Yeah, therapy, therapy is, can be fun. It's got to be fun for children. If it's not fun for children, they don't buy into it. Yeah, it's a good point. They don't buy it. It's got to have some fun. Uh, and, and there's so many great things out there that it's fun that kids can do for fun. They don't even know they're doing therapy. We don't even use that word. <laughs> like sneaky therapy. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Mr. George. Yeah, glad right. to.